Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Today, I want to introduce you to Spencer Hurt. He's a four-time competitor on American Ninja Warrior. And if you're not familiar with that show, it's basically an insane obstacle course where competitors try to make it to the end and then hit a buzzer without falling off the obstacles. Now, If I heard that he was on the show four times, I would be envisioning like this 20-something guy who spends their entire week in the gym. But in fact, Spencer's 41 years old, and he's the president of Container Supply Company in Southern California. Plus, he's married with four children. And I love this fact because it tells me that I can learn from his ability to manage a whole lot of things and stay super fit. So in this episode, you're going to learn how Spencer combines family time with creative workouts, what it takes to persevere in the face of extreme obstacles, and a little something that he calls state of emergency training. By the way, like many other podcasters, I record from my home studio, and sometimes you might hear a little bonus sound effect in the background, something like a giant airplane taking off from nearby John Wayne Airport, or my dog Lexi, who goes ballistic when the Amazon guy arrives. So... Just keeping it real. Enjoy the bonus sound effects. If you ever hear them, they're free of charge. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Spencer Hurt. Well, Spencer, thanks so much for taking time to to hang with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. So obviously, we've heard you've been on American Ninja Warrior multiple times. And I mean, I have sat there as I've watched the show and been like, man, I can do that. Not a problem. You know, no big deal. Um, but obviously I, I can't, and I've never submitted a video. I've never tried out what, what actually motivated you to try out for the show? A lot of the motivation came from originally watching the show, the Japan version called Sasuke and watching that going, wow, I could probably do that. That looks pretty exciting. And then, uh, it just happened to be the beginning stages, uh, early years for American Ninja Warrior. They started, um, so I, I caught on to that. And when I realized, well, you just have to make a video, submit it. And the tryouts back then were at Venice beach. And I said, that's close. That's local. I, I think I could get away with that with my family schedule and whatnot. So yeah, I just kind of threw my hat in the ring and, and went for it. And amazingly, I, I got on the show that first season, well, season two from, you know, for me, it was my first season. So that's amazing. Yeah. So you actually found out about a show. How do you say that again? Because it was started in Japan. Yeah, it's called Sasuke. Sasuke is the original Ninja Warrior. And it's probably been in Japan for, I'm going to say about 15 years now. Yeah, so they originated it. And uh, then, you know, as they kept showing the reruns on this uh, TV station called G4 back in the day, uh, I guess the G4 people said, hey, let's, let's make our own American Ninja Warrior version of this. So... That's cool. So obviously you were motivated by watching it, but there's a difference between me being motivated and thinking, yeah, that looks cool. And you actually doing it. Like, did you grow up as an athlete? Did you already have training that you thought, no, 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 I I can, I can climb. I can, I've got the hand strength. I can make this happen. Yeah, definitely. It was kind of watching the show. I was like, Hey, this is this is in my wheelhouse. This is the, the stuff I like to do. So yeah, always, uh, been an athlete. Um, I've always kind of 
looked for the more extreme sports or the different stuff than your normal mainstream, like baseball, football, uh, whatnot. I mean, I grew up playing soccer. Um, I got into mountain biking, uh, pretty heavily, um, probably after high school into college. Um, and then, yeah, so, but I always loved, uh, climbing. So when I saw that, I was like, what's this like a playground? This looks fantastic. And I said, I could do that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, I actually read somewhere, I don't know if it was an email or online, that you were a rodeo clown at one point. Uh, yes. Yeah, that right? that, yeah, that's correct. I kind of, I, I, I see things and I say, I can do that. And then I do it, or I at least attempt it. So when I was in college, uh, I was an ag science or animal science major. So a lot of my friends were cowboys. Um, and so I went to a lot of rodeos in college up at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And one day I was sitting there and I was watching, you know, the bullfighting, the bull riders, and then the clowns. And I was kind of like, that looks like fun. Maybe I'll try that someday. So after I got out of college, I, uh, you got to love the internet. I found an actual training camp for rodeo clowns and bull riders and bronc riders. So I signed up and I drove up to uh, Northern California and, uh, yeah, I did like a three day fully immersive and it was a blast. And it was kind of one of those things where I, I told myself I could do it, but I didn't know if I could. And next thing you know, I was out there running around with this bull chasing me and it was a blast. That is amazing. Wow. So, all right. So you, you submit a video. First right. of all, tell me about the video. Like what did, what did, what was that first video like? Oh, the first, looking back, cause that first video was, well, let's see, 2010. Uh, so it was a while ago. I wasn't quite sure back then who I was going to use to video it. Um, you know, we had the iPhone barely, uh, but I, I ended up, uh, a friend of mine was a high school counselor and she said, Oh, I've got these high school kids that love to do videos. They love the show and they might be able to help you. So I called these guys up. I think they were juniors in high school and they showed up at my work with a bunch of video equipment. And back then it was really just kind of like a workout montage, you know, no talking. It was just action, action, action. So we kind of formulated a few stunts and, and just started filming and, uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah. That is great. And so then you submit it. And then right. how long between the submission and your first call or email or, you know, what was that timeline like? Uh, let's see. It's about a month, I think. Yeah. You kind of sit there and wait for a month and there's no, there's, uh, there's no guarantee that you're going to get on the show. And that's kind of the killer part is because they don't actually let you know if you don't get on the show. So that you only get the call if you get on the show. So you're kind of waiting in limbo. And every time the phone rings, you're, you're grabbing it. And, um, yeah, so it was probably, yeah, I'd say I submitted it was January and by February, they were letting people know to get ready to be on the show. Yeah. You, you get the call. What's going right. through your head? Oh, it, I was jumping off the walls. I actually still have the original, uh, email that they sent out with the call. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I was super excited. I didn't know what to expect, you know, cause back then nobody had anything to practice on. And, uh, I just was like, Oh, here we go. And it was really grassroots back then. Nobody knew about it. It's not main. It wasn't mainstream like it is now. So, yeah. So, 
you get this call and or the email or whatever, and then yeah. did you start to train from that point until the filming, or were you already felt like no, I'm good in enough shape, I don't need to do more training? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I had you know started working out more to get ready for the show in hopes that I'd get on. Um, once I fought, yes, once I got the call, I really kind of dialed in um, like the extra cardio because I knew it was going to be a a real burst of energy kind of thing. So I was trying to think of different obstacles that might be on it watching the year before. Um, yeah. So I kind of upped my training and did a few things that I thought would help, you know, but I didn't know exactly what the course was going to be like. So. Okay. So we see the edited version, the final show, right? Take us through, you show up. Is it one day? Is it multiple days? What Uh, is that filming experience like? Take us behind the scenes. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, I was a little, well, back then it was small, like I said. So you kind of show up, there's just a bunch of guys cruising around. They've got the course set up. It's right there at Venice beach, uh, pretty much kind of right on the beach, right, right between like the muscle beach area and the skate park. And, uh, it was pretty impressive to see just the, the size of the structure, the obstacles. And, um, you basically showed up Saturday. I'm sorry. Was it Friday? They kind of did a pre-run through on Friday and then they started filming on, uh, no, I'm sorry. They filmed all day Friday. So you show up, you wait around, a lot of waiting around. Uh, then um, they kind of walk you outside of the course. So, so the thing that a lot of people ask is, oh, do you get to practice or do you get to try it? And you don't get to touch anything. Uh, basically, what you see is what you get. And uh, so they walk you through the course. They, they show you what's allowed and what's off limits. And then they kind of say, okay, we'll call your name. And when, when it's time to go, you got to be ready and go. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a lot of, a lot of hurry up and wait. Um, and, and it's, it's fun cause you get to watch the other competitors go in front of you, um, and then see kind of how they're handling the situation. So. Now we're hearing music and lights and we're hearing announcers. Oh yeah. Or now are you filming this in daytime or nighttime? So originally when it, the show first started, it was all filmed during the day and it was, it was more or less a three day process. They would take two days to film the uh, qualifying runs. And then the second day after they'd taken the big group of people down to the top 30, the next day they would shoot the semifinals. Um, now when you watch it on NBC, everything's shot at night. So it's a much, and it's, it's, all shot in two days. So they shoot the qualifiers the first night and then the semifinals the second night. Um, the, the hard part now with it being at night is you're, you could be, technically run the course at four o'clock in the morning. No way. Right. So it's a whole different game now to, to be able to compete in the middle of the night. Whereas back in the day, it was all filmed during the day. So, so yeah. they, Call your name. There's yeah. no, you're not hearing announcers, I'm assuming. Like, right. You know, yeah. Uh, right. Spencer Hurd is stepping up to the plate. Right. They're, you're not hearing that. No, you don't. Yeah. And that's what was funny because you, I think they're talking uh, during your run, but they're just, it's just their audio for them. It's not really announced to the crowd like you watch it. Um, it is a little, back then it wasn't at least. It's a little more audible now, but when you're running the course, that's the last thing you hear. You know, you're so focused. Right. Um, but then I think they kind of go back and add some commentary depending on who the uh, 
competitor is. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Now was your family there with you the first time? Yeah. The very first time, uh, my family was there and, uh, a good friend and his family was there too. Um, and then the, the young high school guy that filmed my video was there and he actually filmed it on his little camcorder. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun because just kind of went for it. And actually I did, I got all the way to the warped wall that very first time. So I was I was excited that I was able to get all the way through the course without any real Ninja Warrior obstacle training. Uh, but unfortunately, I got to that warped wall and I couldn't quite figure out how to get up it. So you get three tries. That's the only obstacle that you get multiple tries. So you, you get three attempts to get up the wall. And if you don't get it on your third one, then you're done. So that's what happened. Yeah. So you're, you're going through the course. You're totally focused. You, you haven't had any of these obstacles ever before you've been just training on concrete stuff, just stuff that you, you know, would find in everyday life. It's not like you've built anything. Right. And then you get to the end. What's going through your head as you fall after that third time? Uh, I was a little disappointed, but I was, I think I was still so pumped up on the adrenaline that I was like, ah, Hey, this is great. You know, at least I, I got this far, you know, I was focusing on the positive rather than, you know, some guys might just be like, Oh, that's it. I couldn't do it. But, but I was just excited that I got the chance to do it. And, uh, but now I will say after a couple days after is kind of when it set in and I would find myself just drifting off and going, what did I do wrong? How do I fix this? How do I, how do I do it better kind of thing? So so yeah. after you weren't able to scale that wall, what did you do then next? Cause I know you yeah. you've been on the show multiple times. You've been on the show four times now. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So what did you do now? You know, I, I would have probably had a major chip on my shoulder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to conquer this thing. Right. I, I kind of did that. So what happened was the whole week after, um, I just kept thinking and thinking about it. And I, I said, you know what, I got to do something about this. And I, there was a, he's a still competitor to this day, David Campbell. And he's, they call him the Godfather, the Ninja Godfather, because he's been doing it the longest. And he is kind of the the first guy that we all started following on YouTube and, and social media that actually built his own training facility up in Northern California. So I knew of him and I knew he'd built a warped wall. And I said, well, I can do this. I got to build one. So I I looked at my wife and I said, honey, I kind of got to do this. And she, she knows my personality. And so she said, okay, okay. So I called up a friend who's a contractor and I said, Hey, Jason, can you build me in essence, a 14 foot quarter pipe, you know? And he said, yeah, I don't see why not. And next thing you know, a week later, he comes down to work with a couple of his guys and a truck full of lumber. And we just kind of Piece, we didn't piece it together. I mean, we, we measured it and tried to make it to spec as close as we could from what we could find on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you had a diagram uh, or you just knew the height of it and approximate right. width. Yeah, exactly. We knew the height and we kind of knew how it, there's a little overhanging lip at the top. And so we just kind of made a 14 foot radius in a sense and just added a little extra, you know, angle to it. So yeah. 
And I know you began to add on more training obstacles. Is is that correct? In, yeah. In the warehouse of your business. Right. Yeah. So I, I will say I was very fortunate to have a place to actually build my training facility. Because I, when I tell people about it, they they look at me and they go, is this in your backyard? Where, where is all this? And I said, well, it's kind of at my work. I've got a big factory with a small, you know, empty spot in a warehouse. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I built the warped wall that very first year. And, uh, just practiced on it constantly. And, and it's kind of one of those things where it's a lot more technique. Um, and once you learn the, the steps and the technique, you can scale it almost every time. The tricky part is to be able to scale it when you're exhausted and it's hard, you know, yeah. so you have to simulate a, like running the course and then attempting the warped wall. Um, At 4am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the other kicker at 4am. Um, so yeah, so I built the warped wall and then slowly, um, as I kept getting a chance to go back onto the show, I'd, I'd build a little more and I'd build a little more. And now I probably got, you know, like 1200 square feet of obstacle area, whatnot. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now you were on seasons four, five, and six. Yeah. And you obviously, know some of the people that are working on the show. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they have turn- turnover. I mean, how does that work? Like why, why would you get picked one year and maybe not the next? Is it based on all the people that apply and they're wanting to mix up the personalities or look and feel or that that's a lot of it. Um, I think back when I started on season two, um, it was only about 5,000 guys and everybody actually came out to California. It didn't have the uh, multiple uh, cities like they do now. Um, but it was funny because I was on season two, uh, but I didn't get called back for season three. Um, now I didn't make a very good video that year. I was kind of rushed. Um, so that probably played a part in it and we're looking for new faces. Uh, so season four, I came back, I upped my video game. I put more life into it, if you want to say. And so I was able to come back for season four um, and then season five and season six. Uh, but ever since season six, I haven't been able to get back on the show, even though I continue to train and submit. But I think that's really because the show's gotten so big. And like you said, they want new faces. They want a new story they want. And they've, I think they probably felt they've played me up enough and there's nothing new that I can offer them. So, mm-hmm. and it didn't help. Oh, go ahead. Well, they're probably looking for you to lose a limb or something. And then you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is the, that's the running joke. And we all joke about it. And it's oh, like, the, <laughs> yeah, you hit it on the nail on the head. The only way to get on the show these days is yeah. To lose a limb, uh, have an ailment, uh, recover from something or, or your uh, spouse has, you know, an issue. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's- so I, I think, but also because I didn't, I never actually hit the buzzer in qualifiers and made it to the semifinals or the finals. Um, I've come very close. And I think those years that I got close, if I had actually hit the buzzer and created more of a name for myself, I probably would have still be having a better chance of getting back on the show. But I think they got to the point where they're like, how many times are we going to let this guy try? Cause he's not hitting the buzzer. Like we like him, but he's got to perform and he's not performing. <laughs> so well, 
And, uh, you know, you're obviously you're younger than me, but you're pretty old for the show. I'm very old for the show, especially now because they've lowered the age limit to 19. It's always been 21 and up. Now it's 19 years. So, yeah, yeah. I, I probably started a little late. I was, you know, in my early 30s. Now I'm in my early 40s. And um, we, we joke about that. I, I figure, hey, I'm, I'm an old guy. They got to throw me a bone because I'm an old guy. So yeah. I think 10 years from now, you'll, they'll, they'll circle back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm playing the long game at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your training regimen when you're preparing for the show, let's say, you, you know, you got in and, mm-hmm. and that's a, it seems like that would be a bit of a different training regimen than your day-to-day training regimen now. I don't know. Maybe it's not. T- take us through how, how do yeah. you train? How do you work out? What do you eat? Yeah. Uh, take us through that process. Okay. Uh, I, that's a, that's a great question for me. Cause I know some guys they'll take time off and then they'll try to ramp it up like the six months before the show. Um, I've always been, I prefer to stay training and continual. So in essence, I'm training all year long. Now it gets a little hard because you get a little burned out at times, especially when you don't get called to be on the show. You're like, I just did a year's worth of training. Now I fought that more in the early days when it was all about getting on the show. Uh, Once I kind of got past the initial, well, if I don't get on the show, I'm more doing it for my lifestyle and my health. Um, but because of the nature of the difficulty, I should say of the obstacles, the training has to be consistent. If you try to take a month or two off, you're going to, you're going to be way behind the ball. So I prefer to continually train so that I don't lose my edge. Um, plus with my training, I do train a little more, um, high risk in a sense, uh, which kind of keeps, keeps my brain sharp. Uh, so if I don't train, I could eventually make a mistake that would injure me to a point where I'd fall off of something. So that's why I continually train, um, year round in a sense. Now I'm not doing six hours a day in the gym, you know, I'm doing just small workouts, but consistent small workouts. When you say you train at a kind of a high risk level, what does that yeah. mean? Um, so the first thing you'd notice if you came to my gym is that there is a lack of, uh, mats, uh, a lack of safety, if you, if you will. Um, basically I've built it on a cement floor. Um, I'm too cheap to put down a nice padding or rubber cushion like you might see at the gym. Um, I do have a couple pads, uh, for certain instances, but I choose to do this training in a sense. Um, I found this one guy actually put a name to it and he called it a state of emergency training. So basically by putting yourself in a precarious, semi-harmful situation, uh, whether it be lifting without a spotter or doing a, um, a climb without anything to catch you underneath, your body knows it has to perform. Otherwise you're going to fall or get injured. So, so I do a lot of my higher training off the ground with no pads just because it keeps me sharp. And I'll only do that training if I'm feeling a hundred percent, you know, so it, it, it kind of keeps me in check. So I don't over burn out. Yeah. Are you, are you telling your kids like climb that crazy rock, like go for it? <laughs> like what's going I mean, like, how are you as a dad? Like, are you, yeah. how, how many broken bones have your kids had? You, I, 
surprisingly not that many. So I, I've got three kids. I've got Lily, uh, who's 13 and she's not really into, she's a girl. She likes basketball. She just kind of shakes her head like, Oh, dad's doing his thing again. Um, my son though, he's 10 and he, he follows in my footsteps. Uh, he gets pretty into it. I think with him, I do get a little more nervous. So I'll kind of, but he's not, um, he's a little more reserved than me. So he's, I don't find him trying to do the crazy stuff that I do, which I guess is, is good, but sometimes I'm trying to push him to do more. Uh, and then my youngest Lainey, uh, she's seven. So she's kind of, she'll play around with me when she wants, but she doesn't. Yeah. Now it's my friend's kids that, that I get in trouble for because they're always like, Hey, we saw Mr. Spencer do it. So I'm going to try it too. And, and their parents are like, Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and it's funny too, cause my wife is pretty used to my antics. If you want to call it that I, I call it uh, controlled chaos or, uh, you know, what's what I'm looking for. Um, thought out risk. So she just kind of just plays along with it, you know, when she sees me doing my dangerous stuff, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> now, is she an athlete as well that kind of enjoys this type of sport or how does... Yes. Um, she's an athlete as well. She doesn't quite enjoy the uh, climbing and, and stuff that I do, but she definitely works out constantly. She's more of a, you know, spin class, workout class, yoga. Uh, she used to be a competitive swimmer and a very competitive basketball player. So, so the great thing is my working out compliments her working out. We work out together a lot, uh, when we can. So, so I love that aspect of it. Yeah. I don't have a specific diet per se, uh, but I do watch what I eat. You know, I don't eat a bunch of carbs. I think the biggest thing for me, cause I, I was blessed with a fast metabolism and I know it slows down as you get older, but one way to keep it going is break your meals into smaller amounts. So, so I do six small meals a day, which you've probably heard about. And so everybody's like, well, you're just constantly eating. And I'm like, well, but I'm eating small amounts, you know, and I'm just kind of keeping the, the tank full. So that, but that's what works for me. But then my wife hates it because I'll go out and I'll eat like a big old hamburger and French fries. And she's like, I can't eat that. What? That's not fair. <laughs> so but I'm like, I'll just work out harder the next day. Right, right, right. Before we continue the conversation, I want to ask you for a quick favor. Will you subscribe to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on your phone? Now, it's also available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you have to do is search for Inspiration Rising. Click subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Why? So you won't miss a single inspiring episode. We search for the most inspiring guests to help you rise up in your life, love, and leadership and you don't want to miss out. So subscribe, and then leave a quick review. Click some stars, preferably five, and leave a sentence telling me what you enjoyed the most. All right, let's jump back in to the conversation. How would you describe the difference between the type of obstacles that you're training on for American Ninja Warrior and, say, mm -hmm. like parkour or you know, where I'm seeing these guys are using natural environment. Cause I've watched some videos yeah. of you that you're, you're using natural environment as well. Would you say yes, you're into parkour? Like, how would you describe that? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, 
it's funny because I actually picked up parkour once I started doing Ninja Warrior because it got to the point where it's like, well, there's nothing to train on. And I was watching a lot of the European guys do their parkour in the cities. And I was like, well, that's kind of the best way to train because you don't know what obstacle you're going to get. You have to adapt to the situation quickly. So yeah, so I kind of started learning and to jump off of buildings and how to properly land and how to, you know, I went through, I, I did get kind of beat up back in the day because I didn't have the right techniques. So I had shin splints. I had, you know, quad, a lot of, you know, quad issues, a lot of um, wrist issues. Uh, so there's a lot of technique to that. So I started watching a lot more parkour videos and learning. And I love doing that because that way I could take the kids to the park and I could still get my workout in because uh, I'd start running and jumping and swinging off of the park structures, you know, and I'd get a lot of funny looks from the parents that were sitting on the bench watching their kids play while I was out playing with their kids. Yeah, just having to have your shirt off and all the moms were watching. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, my shirt never quite seems to stay on. I can't help it. <laughs> so um, now do you train other people that are looking to get on the show or you just train yourself? Uh, I, in the last couple of years, uh, I have started training a few guys. I had a really great workout partner uh, years ago, and uh, unfortunately, he never got on the show, um, and he's kind of changed. He's gotten busy since he got married and has a child now, but he's a, he's a trainer at Orange Theory Fitness, so very, very strong athlete, um, but once again, you never know who they're going to pick, so so he didn't get on the show and this was probably like four or five years ago. So then we took a, he took a break. Um, but then since I haven't been able to get back on the show, I figured, well, I like training with people cause it gets a little lonely training by yourself constantly. Uh, so I, I said, well, what if I got my name out there by training people? So, uh, this guy, his name is Greg last year I met him and well, yeah, 2017, the summer of, and, uh, I was like, this guy's got, he's kind of the whole deal. He's, he's in his mid thirties. He's a rock climber. He's a trainer. Um, and so I brought him on board and he did great. And we actually, I got, he got on the show, uh, last year. And so that was a lot of fun. So I got to go to the, 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 the taping of the show. I got to be on the sidelines, cheering him on. I got to see a bunch of old buddies I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, unfortunately he fell on the fourth obstacle, um, just, you know, miscalculation slipped up like it, it happens and that was it. So, um, but I, yeah, I felt, I, I felt good that I trained him and that he got on the show. So, so then this year, um, back in, you know, early or mid 2018, uh, a friend of mine, who's a high school teacher, I said, Hey, you've got a great backstory. Cause you're a high school teacher, you're outgoing, and, and he's like, yeah, I've always loved the show. Let's try it. So I've been training him. So he actually submitted a video and we're kind of just waiting to see if he gets the call right now. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Obviously there's the physical capabilities is huge, but I cannot even imagine like the mental aspect to the training. And then once you're on the show, of course, help, help us understand the level of mental focus that is required for this. 
Um, that's, you know what, that's a, yeah, that's a great question. Um, the mental focus, it's one thing to train and I always describe the competition. It's kind of like being in the Olympics and being a gymnast and you get one chance to do your best routine, but the minute you make a mistake, you're kind of done. Um, so, so the, the trick is to train like you would compete. Um, you can go train these obstacles every day and do one at a time or do them easily. And you can get this false sense of security, like, Oh, I got this. But when you get to the show and it's time to run the course, the adrenaline's pumping, the crowd's there, that, that little voice inside your head says, don't mess up. Cause you only got one shot. Um, so it's, it's a lot harder to manage your emotions and your adrenaline. And so sometimes you'll see guys actually, they'll just make a silly mistake or you're like, why did they fall on that? Well, you don't really know until you're in that situation, but you get a lot of burnt, you get a lot of pump, your muscles are just, you're going 110%. So, so really when you're running the course, the key is to kind of slow yourself down and try to manage your output. Cause it's really easy to, to do those first two or three obstacles and just blow your wad. And then you get you know, you get to the end of the course and you're just gassed. It feels like you just went like five rounds in a wrestling match or what, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's the tricky part. At least for me, that's where I've struggled is I get to competition and I, I get really excited and I, I I'll make a minor mistake or I'll overthink something. Um, the guys that are really good that I've watched are the ones that they're just calm you know? So I, th I think if you can calm everything down and, ev and just go through the motions in a sense is just muscle memory. So that's, that's why the constant training, you know, if the, the better you can do an obstacle without thinking about it, the better off you are. Mm -hmm. So how, how many of these skills, whether it be probably more mental than physical have mm -hmm. impacted your business and the running of your business? Like, has there been any connection there for you? Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, I think with my training, because it, it's, it's, it motivates me and I use the training too, as you know, when kind of that, you have a bad day, you go to the gym. Um, so, so the nice thing is if I'm, if I'm having a bad day, I just kind of jump on, you know, head out back to the back warehouse and I can get a, a quick, efficient workout in and kind of blow off some steam. Um, but I think tenacity, like if I'd be an employee, I'd be like, yeah. uh Oh, boss is pissed. He's yeah. Right. <laughs> He's going out back. Yeah. He's He's going out back. <laughs> get out of the way. Yeah. So, um, but the, the long game, I mean, working for a family business isn't always easy. Uh, just right now with the way the economy is and our, our industry, we're kind of down a little bit. And so for me with the Ninja Warrior, like trying to tie it in, like you said, um, yeah, kind of keep my head up and no matter what happens, just keep pushing forward, you know? So we might have a bad year, but I know, okay, next year I'm going to push a little harder and I'm going to try to you know, we'll, we'll make up the difference or whatever. And it's kind of the same thing with Ninja Warrior. Like every year I kind of think oh, I, I'm, I'm at my peak fitness and then I'll come around the next year and I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I kind of, I, I tweaked it a little bit and I'm actually a little stronger kind of thing. So, so there's always ways to get better, you know, is what I try to let people know. Like a lot of people are like, well, I'm just kind of going along and 
my workouts. And I like, well, you gotta, you gotta change it up. You can't be stale. Um, you gotta keep your body and your muscles guessing is, is really a great thing to do to keep, so you don't plateau, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it be in work or fitness. So Mm -hmm. some, some really interesting life learnings that I'm, I'm wanting to tease out here for a moment that I'm hearing from you. One is I'm hearing that you're in this for the long haul, that it wasn't a one and done. You weren't satisfied with, I got on the show and then that was it. You've continued to keep trying out, but it's almost like you've mitigated the failure by saying, it's not just about the show. It's not about just the, the final performance. It's about the process. So you're, you're continuing to work out in order to enjoy the lifestyle, in order to enjoy it with your wife, in order to enjoy it with your kids. So there's a lifestyle component there and there's a Mm -hmm. longevity. And that's true, whether you're trying to get on a show or grow your business or, um, um, pursuing health. It's like, okay, it's not just about squeezing into that dress for your a 20 year high school reunion. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a great analogy. Yeah, exactly. That, that might be the initial motivation, but can you stay in the dress or, you know, who cares about the dress, but it's about the health and, you know, fitness yeah. and how you feel. So that's one. I'm very impressed by your uh, long game approach. Then I loved what you said when you, when you talked about, um, uh, you know, obviously keeping your head up, there's failure. I love that you said, um, you, 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 when you go through the course, they're not allowing you to try it out. They're not allowing you to test it where so many things in our lives, Mm -hmm. we may not, we may not have gone through that before. And you don't get a, you don't get a chance to, um, try it out. You're going to experience it for the first time. You slipped and fell, right? You, you couldn't get up the wall. You could not get up the wall that first time. And so what did you do? You came back and you built a wall. That <laughs> yeah. is awesome. That is so great. So it's like, I'm going, okay, how many times have I slipped and fell? Something hasn't gone the way that I wanted. How can I um, build something that would test me or somehow mm-hmm. it's preparing me, you know, to get up that wall of life? Um, very, very powerful lessons there. Yeah, that's good. That's Thanks. Good. Thanks. Yeah. So you've got all this energy, you're training. It sounds like you're not training a ton every day. How are you an energetic guy? Are you bringing that into the workplace, your family? Like, how, I mean, you're competitive, you're positive, you're, are people going, whoa, 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 Spencer, like chill out. Like how, you know, how, how does that play out for you? Uh, yeah, you pretty much hit it on the nail, uh, nail on the head. Um, I have a lot of energy. I, I'm a lot of my friends know they're all used to it. I don't sit still very well. Um, I like to be moving. Um, I'm kind of, yeah. Like when I come into a room, there's a lot of energy, uh, which, which is great for most people. Some people are a little like, Whoa, Hey, slow down. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just, I'm always going, I, I don't usually move slowly. So, I mean, even if like I'm out with the family and we're taking a walk, I'm looking for the, something to climb or something to jump off of and just for fun. And, but I like to see what, what's out there. And, um, great example is so, uh, me and my wife went to New York, uh, not last year, but the year before for our anniversary. Well, New York is full of scaffolding. So pretty much everywhere we went, I was 
jumping and climbing the scaffolding. And it w- we have all these pictures of me just hanging off of stuff and it, it's just too much fun. So I, I know it gets tiresome for my wife at times. She's like, Oh, here we go again. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I I'd say I'm kind of like this all the time, even at work. Um, I know my employees enjoy it cause it's, 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 I'm a little different. My dad's very business-like and I'm a little more like, I like to get out back and okay, what are you guys working on and what's, what's next? And so, yeah, I I like to motivate people whether I'm trying to or not, you know? So if somebody um, is listing and they're saying, okay, I'm a mom of four kids Mm -hmm. and I'm not looking to get on the show, but you know, I think you're hot Spencer and (laughs) I love watching the videos, right. You know, but, but they want to kind of take their physical, physicality to the next level. Obviously there's tons of, um, videos and tons of programs and tons mm-hmm. of diets and, you know, all of that stuff. What would be, what would be your encouragement to them? Um, encouragement is what I like to say is, is play to your strengths. Uh, a lot of, a lot of the workouts and the diets, they're kind of, um, they're cookie cutter and everybody thinks, Oh, this is the next big one, but what works for this person might not work for that person. So really I'd say try different, different exercises, different, uh, diets, you know, don't, don't go for like the one that says, Oh, you're going to have all these great results. And then all of a sudden you don't, uh, cause it could just, it just doesn't work with your body. Um, and, but it's hard and I, and I get it. And, uh, with a lot of people trying to start fresh or they've haven't worked out in 10 years and they're like, Oh, I got to get moving again. And they always say, if you could do something for two weeks, it becomes a routine. Yeah. I'd say that's, that's close to true. You know, you really got to stick with it. Um, but really, I mean, don't be discouraged and don't set your goals soup, you know, too high. Cause I know a lot of people they'll come into my gym and they'll be like, Oh, I got this. And I'm going to do it just like Spencer. And then they start to struggle and they get kind of frustrated. And I said, you, you can't compare yourself to this guy or me that's been doing it for so long, you know? So you just, there's an, and even I'm humbled because there's guys that are way better than me. You know, I, I could be thinking I'm doing really good and you know, some younger, faster guy walks in and just blows me away. And it's like, okay, but I, I, would say, take that as a challenge to get to that level, but don't, don't compare yourselves right out of the gates when you're just trying to get back into fitness, you know? Sure. Well, if somebody wants to follow your journey, isn't mm-hmm. there, uh, would, would you encourage them to follow you on social media or what, what platform would be easiest for them to fo- follow along with you? Um, yeah, probably social media. I mean, I don't post a ton. I'm on Facebook and I'll, I'll put up some fun videos every now and then I try not to, inundate, you know, my friends with shirtless workouts. I get a lot of funny comments, you know, and Hey, put a shirt on, you know, and I'm like, well, I can't help it. I'm working out, you know? Uh, but I do try to like every now and then I'll post a video kind of with words of encouragement or some kind of new different workout I'm trying out or style. So I'd say, you know, either Facebook or Instagram, social media, stuff like that. So awesome. Well, thanks for, thanks for taking time to to hang with us, Spencer. We're going to, we're, uh, we're going to be looking for you. We're going to be cheering you on. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm just going to keep great. I'll get back on that show eventually. So (laughs) if you've been inspired or learned something from this episode, 
do yourself a favor and tell a friend. By sharing a learning with someone else, you'll actually be solidifying it in your own mind and heart and more likely to implement it in your own life. Tell them about our conversation and let them know that they can listen to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on their phone. Check out our website at www.insporising.com. That's I-N-S-P-O-Rising.com and on all social media platforms as Inspo Rising. Now, as you go out about your day, may you be inspired to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I'll talk to you next time.